Hey everyone, welcome back to the DIY Small Business Podcast. I want to talk to you today about working with mistakes and contractions in business. So yeah, it's a big topic. Um, I really loved doing some interviews in the last two weeks, but I also want to do some solo episodes again where I'm just talking about my experience, the things I observe, and the learning that I would like to pass on. So today I'll be sharing a whole list of mistakes that I've made in the past and I'm also sharing about my way of kind of reframing them, learning from them and most importantly integrating the information that I received from those mistakes. So yeah, if you're feeling in a spot where you are unsure or you feel like you are making mistakes, I hope this will be a beautiful and encouraging episode to listen to. Before we go there, I want to just share a few things that are new in my business. Um, This season of Radical Love Life Round is always almost coming to an end. There's a 33-day journey program where we are writing about our experience of love with ourselves, other people and community. It's just really beautiful. Um, You can still do it. You can just kind of join anytime you're ready um, by becoming a Patreon. The other thing that I'm offering that I'm also excited about is a new life um, business workshop series which starts on uh, June 13th. So (coughs) some of you will remember that at the beginning of the year I ran a life round of the DIY Small Business School which is my biggest program where I'm teaching you everything from pricing to packaging to thinking about branding and design and social media and software systems and getting organized and bookkeeping so it's a really comprehensive business course with a community on mighty networks and you can take part in that for a pledge of 11 dollars on my patreon Um, And it also has has some life components because I think it's really important that we get together as a community and learn from each other and ask questions and also give each other a little bit of gentle accountability. So the next life part of this offering, which is also available to all patrons at all levels, is this series of workshops that's starting mid-June. And it's mainly going to be about creating focused uh, content and really getting organized around that. So the workshop, the first workshop is going to be all about developing a long-term content strategy because this is the thing I get the most questions around at the moment. So we're going to talk about identifying themes that are relevant to your heart and your work. Um, We're going to talk about getting organized, having boundaries, um, giving yourself social media breaks, batching content, automating things and so forth. The second workshop on June 24th is going to be about podcasting, blogging and collaborations as an alternative to the social media hustle because I know so many of us are really feeling exhausted sometimes around this pressure to always show up and always post and always be there with good answers um, and also about the algorithms that are constantly changing and it's just really hard sometimes to stay on top of that I think. So I'm offering this workshop to talk about alternatives. I really want to think about creative collaborations. Um, I will share how I started podcasting and blogging and how you can do the same. 
The third workshop on July 4th is going to be about finding your voice and telling your story, which I think um, is also really important and interesting. So we're going to talk about authenticity, boundaries, vulnerability, privacy, um, and communicating with people that care and creating these spaces that feel really caring as well. And then the last workshop in the series will be July 16th. Um, all about getting organized and loving spreadsheets because I fucking love spreadsheets. Like, it's no one's business. I love them so much. I just shared one. It's shit. Um, so I'm going to share a whole range of um, spreadsheets that I use to run my business and to plan things and strategize and daydream for the future. And I hope they'll be serving you as well. So I will also talk to you about how you can integrate them into your own life, how they can be useful, and how maybe you can change your perception of them. If you're someone who is kind of bored and annoyed with them, I totally fear you. I used to be that person. Now I love them. And I want to talk about that. Yeah. So you can take part by becoming a patron at any level. So you can pledge $3 to get access to those four workshops you can cancel any time and if you do want to do the DIY small business school as well you can pledge $11 so yeah thank you so much for your support and now we're going to talk about failing <laughs> yay so um where to even begin so I, I think the first thing that I want to say about thinking about contractions in business and making mistakes in a positive way is that it's really really important to first celebrate your wins because when you're nurturing your confidence and self-esteem with a steady and gentle reminder of all the beautiful things that you have already achieved, it's going to be way easier to engage with your mistakes in a constructive way. And there's a couple of practical things that I love doing with that. So the first thing is, of course, to ask for feedback, especially if you feel you've done a good job. Just ask if people can get you, write you a testimonial, if they have any feedback that you could take in and the what I would also um, invite you to do is to have a feedback folder so I have one in my email account where I'm collecting emails or screenshots of direct messages or comments that I got that were really heartfelt and beautiful and when I'm feeling a little bit down or unsure about myself I just revisit that folder and that's incredibly helpful um, and then also I think journaling around success can be helpful. So to really think authentically about what you're proud of that may or may not be independent from other people's opinions. So I think it's easy to say, oh, you know, just do your own thing. But sometimes we are proud of um, people, uh, of the things that other people have praised us for. And that is, I think, also totally valid. The next thing that I would want to offer you before you start thinking about mistakes and contractions is to really think about what do you need in your business in order to feel safe. Because I think starting a business or any creative project is such a huge adventure in itself. It's a really brave and courageous thing to do. And I think where a lot of anxiety comes from for so many of us is the fact that we don't actually know exactly what we need in order to feel safe. And that could be about money. It could be writing down the minimum amount that you need each month in order to feel safe. But it could also be stuff like, I need to be able once a month to sit down with someone in a similar position and really feel heard. 
which might mean that you want to create an, an informal mastermind. Or maybe in order to feel safe, you need to know that you can always take days off or give yourself a break. And so maybe that's something that you very consciously and intentionally want to build in to your business model. So this could be so many different things and I don't want to be prescriptive here, but I think that's a really good question to ask before you go anywhere. And then one more prep step, and I'm, I'm promised then we'll get to the meat of the things, is to work with your jealousy. So I think in the age of social media, we always are tempted to compare ourselves to others in some ways. And some of us are really good at stepping away from that. Some of us need a little bit of help. All of that, I think, is totally fine and totally human. But just kind of try to be intentional and notice when you're feeling jealous and when you're comparing yourself and when you're just feeling this like slight sting in your tummy where you're like, ugh, this is something I really want for myself. I think there can be so much valuable information in jealousy if we work with it constructively. And another funny tool that I want to share on that note is the website Time Machine. So if you Google website Time Machine, you'll find a tool where you can um, type in someone's website and see what it looked like a year or three years from now. And that is definitely not about shaming anyone. It is about understanding that we're all on a journey and that what it might look like today with all the success that you perceive you may or may never have could have been totally different a few years from now. And I think that's so important to remember that we all started somewhere and that that somewhere very likely was not perfect or beautiful or even anything um, anything nearly as good as what it is today. I've had some really crappy web websites. Um, I'll leave it there. Look it up if you want to. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm not proud of them, but that's definitely been part of my journey. And I think that's refreshing to remember sometimes. So now I want to tell you a little bit more about the mistakes I've made and why I think they've been so important for me and my business and for me to get to where I am now. So I started working when I was 11 and I was an incredibly anxious and insecure teenager. I really wanted independence and stability and I wanted to experience something outside of school because I really was not feeling... I was fitting in in that environment um, so I started working and my first few jobs were really age inappropriate in a way. My first job was working in an ad agency that was before the big crash of the internet bubble and so they kind of foolishly, I don't know why, took on an 11 year old to do some admin for them and that's what I did and it was really interesting. I learned a lot um, and then I went to do other jobs, like I worked at a hairdresser, I was a babysitter, um, I uh, worked in a restaurant at times, which was incredibly incredibly stressful and really not suitable for my nature, I would say. But anyway, I did those jobs, and what I perceive in a way as a mistake now, but I can have compassion with, is that I spent all my money on clothes because I was so insecure and really wanted to fit in and look like everyone else and when I look back now I, there was a specific point around my 11th birthday where I really really lost touch with myself. I remember that on my 11th birthday 
I spent a tiny bit of money that I was giving as a present on books because I love books. I was a hardcore introvert. I wanted to be home learning about self-development with my books. And I liked my library card a lot as well. But on my 12th birthday, that has really shifted. I was suddenly working, making my own money um, and buying crappy things that I didn't really enjoy wearing. Like I'm someone who really only likes natural fabrics on my skin. And I was wearing polyester all the time because I thought that was the cool thing to do. So, meh, that's a bummer, I think. And I think the reason I'm telling this is that I was putting energy out, trying something, you know, trying to make something happen for myself. But I was really out of touch with my desire in the first place. So that, I think, is such an important first step for any small business owner to really get in touch with why you want to do this and to make sure that that's an, an authentic desire that's going to serve you in the long term and that goes beyond just wanting to wear what everyone else is wearing. So that's a long, long away, long ago mistake, but I feel that I'm still living with the lesson from that and that I have integrated that into my life in some way. <clears throat> Other more recent mistakes that I can name was three years ago, I launched a uh, my first course on web design and branding. It was in Gumroad at the time and it looked very, very different to what it is today. And I sold a couple of spots, but I basically spent way more money on the production than I ever made back on that course. So that could easily also be perceived as a mistake, but I feel that that was incredibly important for me to A, understand that I really love teaching and that I'm really passionate about what I'm teaching and B, that it's worth investing in good software to create good, easy-to-navigate spaces that are fairly accessible and that really nurture community. I fucking love being on Mighty Networks now. But that a lot of the other stuff that I spent money on at the time really was just vanity. So, for example... I didn't want to shoot at home those videos because um, I just had very little space, the lighting wasn't good. So I hired a hotel room that, that looked professional to me and so this is where I shot and it was really difficult because I had it for only 24 hours and there was so much pressure in getting all these videos done and the videos that I now offer in my courses are all done at home. You can see that I'm way more comfortable. And the point is that I'm getting the message across. Like, I will definitely update them as the summer evolves because things change. I have new perspectives. Maybe I can create better lighting. I don't know. <laughs> but but the point is that I don't really need to be in a hotel room for you to really get what I'm trying to say. Um, and so this is, again, I think something around priorities and feeling that I get to be myself and that that's enough that I've learned there. Um, another really common mistake that I feel many of us are making are underpricing our work and then feeling resentful. So I can name a couple of specific times where I've done that, where in the first few years of my businesses, I was maybe feeling a bit desperate for the next client. I didn't have anything booked. And I pitched a price that was under... The value of my work, which I think is such a um, complex and impossible concept in itself anyway, because it's really hard to actually say what is anything ever worth, you know, but, but just, you know, just to say I understand the flaw of this concept, but also the reality was that I was quoting less than 
I needed and wanted to make and it made me feel resentful and I still had to show up and do a really good job and you know deliver what I had offered and it just taught me so much about valuing my own time and being able to communicate something that's sometimes difficult and and um, awkward to communicate which is pricing but again something so important to learn and I'm just naming all these mistakes and the things that I've learned from them because I want you to feel that you're not alone with these mistakes and that they are actually incredibly valuable. The next thing I think which is more a, a theme than a specific mistake is comparing myself and adopting other people's ideas of success. Again, I think that's something that we all do, especially at the beginning. It's incredibly hard not to do that. And it is quite an awakening to realize where you've been kind of out of touch with what you really wanted yourself but again such a beautiful opportunity to shift and learn what can work better for you another example is overbooking myself and learning my limits and sometimes the really really hard way so just like taking on too much work making promises for deadlines that were incredibly hard to keep and I'm someone who's who has a really, really difficult time not meeting deadlines. And in a way, I'm proud I am reliable. That's important to me. Um, I hardly ever cancel anything. Um, I will work weekends and evenings if I have to. Um, There's really only in the last four years have been a few deadlines that I haven't met. But, but at the same time, that can be bad for my health. And it's not good for my creativity. It's not sustainable. And I think overbooking yourself out of anxiety that there might not be enough in the future if you don't take this work is really difficult as well and something really positive to become aware of. Finally, I'll say another mistake I've often made is not communicating my boundaries clearly enough and finding myself in situations where <clears throat> an, uh, an audience or a client or really anyone felt entitled to something I wasn't prepared to give so that could be time or information or energy that just wasn't part of the contract but where it wasn't specifically spelled out that that was not the case and luckily that's not something that has happened in a really long time because I have become better at really communicating what I'm offering what I'm not but again I think that is a valuable mistake to make in the beginning. I also want to share something that I needed a few months to talk about <coughs> because I wanted to share about it when I wasn't really in this experience anymore. So in February and March this year, recording this in 2019, I had a bit of a, of a difficult time in my private life and I don't want to go too deep into the details of that. But just to say it was really difficult. There were different, different problems coming from at me from different angles and I was feeling quite overwhelmed. It was also the end of winter in the UK, which is a time that's often quite physically depleting. There's not enough daylight. Um, uh, you know, like winter is difficult, I think, but Christmas at least. Um, I go home for the holidays. It's all very exciting. That's my birthday in November, my sister's birthday in December. So I feel like there's this festive period, but then there's kind of this dip of like, oh shit, it's just cold <laughs> now, um, but not even in an exciting way. Um, and I also felt like a particularly dark winter in the UK. So anyway, I was feeling just not very creative, if I'm honest. And I went quiet on social media a bit. And I there was a period where I wasn't really po podcasting very much. I was kind of doing the bare minimum in terms of creative output. 
I was still working with my clients and I was meeting my deadlines. I was doing my job, but I was just not able to do anything that wasn't essential for a couple of weeks um, or a month. And I noticed that my uh, Patreon contracted for the first time. So I've had it for almost a year and a half now. And it's been such a beautiful journey. I learned so much from it. And um, there's a separate episode about building a Patreon if you want to listen to that. But I'll just say a quick recap. I'm so glad that I decided to no longer launch my programs and to instead build long-term, ongoing, mutually rewarding relationships with people where I am saying, hey, I'm pledging to teach you everything I know about this. I'll be in community with you and we will work together and learn together. And people are pledging financial support to sustain me in return. That feels really beautiful to me. And so I think I've been really lucky in how my Patreon has grown over time. Um, where it now is a good chunk of my income, which means that I can spend a good chunk of time on creating free things like this um, podcast or my other podcasts or social media posts or um, workshops or the low-cost courses and uh, webinars that I'm offering. Um, and that feels amazing. But um, since I started it until February, each month it was growing a little bit. Bit by bit it was growing and it was so beautiful to see that and watch and then suddenly it dipped, and I don't, you know, there's so many different reasons for why something can just kind of take a dip, why might people might drop out of something or change their mind, which is 100% valid, like, I really don't want to guilt trip anyone here um, for cancelling their pledge, it's 100% okay, but there was just, like, this collective trend where I was seeing the numbers decline, um, because I wasn't able to put so much out there and, and uh, keep people excited about my work. And I really have to say that was something that I was sitting with for quite some time. It affected my confidence in a way. I was questioning whether that business model was really right. And I was also just a little bit frustrated with this pressure to always perform and show up and be positive because that's not something that I could do at the time. And... I found peace with that you know like my patreon has grown again now which is really exciting i'm really excited about this workshop series that i'm offering over the summer months i have so many other ideas i really love doing the the season of radical love i love the the mighty networks community that i'm building um and i'm going to be more gentle with myself in those periods of time i'm going to plan ahead i'm going to create some content that i can put out when i just don't feel like creating anything and I'm just going to be with the truth that infinite growth and constant expansion is not a thing. I think capitalism is trying to make us think that's a thing we should want, but it's actually totally natural and normal to experience cycles of contraction and um, sleep, you know, like just like the seasons and the plants and the trees go into hibernation, so do our businesses sometimes. And I think when we embrace that and work with it constructively, we kind of come out of these periods with so much more authenticity and ideas and a connection to who we are as people. Um, so the, the season of Radical Love, for example, was born out of me noticing that in that time in February and March, I was really, really holding on to my daily practices of meditation and journaling and dancing a bit. And that was so helpful. And I really wanted to share that with other people. So that's why I created that program. So glad. So glad I did that. Um, 
but I think we really need to allow to we need to learn to allow ourselves these periods of rest and to not freak out and panic when sometimes maybe people will cancel something or not be as excited um and yeah I think there is a lot to be said for what we expect from people that create content that we can maybe talk about so I know for myself that I'm more enthusiastic or more likely sometimes maybe to buy from someone who appears to be having a life that I would want to have and that has a lot to do again with lifestyle marketing and brands and all that but I think it's really beautiful to connect with each other as real people with real struggles and ups and downs and all that and I think we all have a responsibility to think about that and think about how we are consuming media and how we are responding to those kinds of things so again I totally like really really don't want to shame anyone for like dropping off my patreon in February totally cool um you know but uh and also I think it is valid to want to support people that bring exciting stuff out and at the same time we can have compassion for ourselves when we are in periods where that's not possible that's all I'm trying to say here so yeah, let me know how that felt for you. I'm glad I got to share some mistakes that I've made that felt really good. I want to be more transparent about that kind of stuff. And I'm here if you have any questions and I hope you are feeling encouraged in some way. Thank you so much for listening.